Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nintendo Fanboys. We're breaking with our little tradition of going back and forth, back and forth, and that's because there was actually a lot of big news that uh, happened, uh, what, in the last couple of days, week, whatever. And uh, there's also, you know, as we lead up to the Switch's release, or if you're not interested in the Switch, then there's um, Breath of the Wild... So there's quite a bit of like Nintendo stuff happening right now, and for the rest of the industry, uh, it's pretty much Resident Evil 7 time, which I have not played, but you have. So I guess since we're, you know, we're super professional, why don't you tell us what you thought of Resident Evil 7? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I wish I, I had time to play that game. It's super i know you played the demo it's it sounds like a game that's way too scary for me especially since we were there we were playing on we were like 12 people in a room playing there was one people playing in vr the guy has a vr and i tried the vr mode and it's like oh my god like i don't understand how people can play that game in vr uh, I personally couldn't play because I had motion sickness like immediately and I don't know why it does that with that game but it's just if I had to basically walk if I ran I would get like motion sickness and if you, you don't run in Resident Evil 7 you're gonna get killed instantly so it's pretty crazy and the game doesn't really feel like a classic Resident Evil or a new Resident Evil. It's a nice mix. Uh, there's some adventure elements and there's some puzzle elements of the old where you need to find some foolish items to open doors that doesn't really make sense why someone would install that in, in his house, but it's all good. It's fun. Uh, not sure how the full game is because we only played it for like four hours, so I, I don't have enough to Four hours? Yep, yep. That's like more than half the game. Well, yeah, but we... The last hour was... We switched off the VR and we just played regularly and we kept dying. Like the last hour we did no progress whatsoever. We kept dying because of some enemies that kind of look like the enemies in Resident Evil Reveille. Yeah, okay. So that was that. So that's... That's pretty much my rundown on Resident Evil 7. Well, for me, I um, one of my New Year's resolutions was to just keep going and um, getting better and better at doing what I did last year, which was uh, to improve upon the number of games that I buy, um, which is to say, not buy. Um, last year, I've been keeping track, for the last two years, I've been keeping track of all the different games I buy because... Before that, as Stephen would like to say, like I bought everything. I didn't buy everything, but I bought way more than I ever actually played, let alone completed or anything like that. I just, you know, I was like, oh, that looks great, and I'd pick it up. Oh, that looks cool, I'd pick it up. Um, and so last year, I, I improved quite a lot. I mean, I, I don't remember, I don't have it here right now. Um, I don't feel like looking for it, but it was quite a quite a substantial like increase. So let's say I think it I I told you before I don't remember what the hell it was, but it was like I think it was like more than half of uh the games I bought less than I did the year before. And so this year I was like, well, let's see if I we can keep going, you know? Like it doesn't make sense to buy stuff you're not going to play. And yes, I understand later on uh certain games 
could potentially be hard to find. Uh, but that's only if you care about physical games. If you don't care about the physical games, then digital, you know, they should be available, like, forever. And if anything, they're going to be even cheaper. So... I was like, okay, that's what um, that's what I'm gonna do. So the very first game of this year that I was interested in picking up was Resident Evil 7. That was the first one. But the problem was that there was a game I was even more interested in that um, was coming out either the same week or the week before or week after or whatever the hell it was, which was Dragon Quest VIII. And I really, really wanted to play Dragon Quest VIII because I had a really great time with Dragon Quest VII. And I know that VIII is a significantly better game. Just from a, just from a design point, it's, it's, a, it's a much better game. So, um, yeah, I decided, you know what, I'm going to cancel my order of Resident Evil VII, which I did. And um, I'm just going to pick up Dragon Quest VIII. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what... It's kind of silly. I don't want to play a Resident Evil game in January. Like it, it, it feels off. Maybe I'm, I'm the only one. And, and you know, guys, go ahead. I mean, like if, if you're big fans, just like you were saying, like it, it does sound cool. Um, but it, it seems off to me. Like Resident Evil is the type of series, and I know in throughout um, like history, basically, that Resident Evil games have been released at all different times, whatever. But right now, I was like, no, nah, I'm not in the mood. You know, I just came off of um, Final Fantasy, uh, what is it, uh, 15. And I had a really good time with that. I actually had a much better time with Final Fantasy 15 than I thought I was going to. And before that, for the last four or five games I played, they were all role-playing games. So I was like, okay, well, what the hell, you know? Like, now that I know um, Dragon Quest Eight is literally right around the corner... I'm not going to get into anything else. I'm just going to play that and going to go to town with that. And that's exactly what I've done. So, I uh, just want to tell you quickly that I'm going to go try to see downstairs if my PlayStation is running or something. Because for the last three minutes, you've been talking to yourself. So just keep talking to yourself and I'll come right back. I'll turn off my PlayStation because I can't hear what you're saying. I think something is wrong with my connection. So just keep on talking. I'll be right back. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, that happened last time. We, we've been having um, some weird issues every now and then where um, Steven's signal will like go up and down in terms of strength. And you guys probably hear it too in the recording, I'm sure, where it goes. It like fluctuates. Sometimes Steven sounds almost like Transformer-ish, where he'll just cut off for certain periods of time, which is really weird. So anyway, um, that was that. Like, uh, I, I just, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to pick up Dragon Quest Eight, and I actually have it sitting right beside me, actually, and um, been playing quite a lot of that in my free time. Been really busy, though, actually. Work has been ramping up quite a lot, quite heavily, and so I just haven't had the uh, the time that I wanted to devote to the game, because by now, it's already been out for like a week or so, and I should be like, you know, like 150 hours into the game by now. And I, I'm only actually, um, well, as of this morning, I just hit 20 hours. So 20 hours in is actually really, really good. For me right now, uh, it's really good. I'm right at Baccarat. I think that's how, um, how it's pronounced, which is right after you get the, um, 
right after you get the ship or the boat or whatever it's called, and you get to start exploring some of the um, some of the other continents. So I just that's where I am right now. So twenty hours in um, is way more than I thought I was going to be able to do. But I had two days in the evening where I was able to uh, to put in quite a bit of time. Serena um, wasn't feeling particularly well, so she was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna." I'm going to go read in the bedroom, so the minute that happened, because um, normally what she wants to do is she wants to, you know, either just watch some TV or things like that, and I'll usually join her. I'm not going to go and play on uh, on the 3DS or anything. I'll just, you know, we'll sit and we'll watch some TV or whatever. Uh, but she she went and read, so I was like, oh, okay, well, then perfect. So I managed to put in, like, a good maybe, what, six hours over those two days? So the good news is for Dragon Quest VIII, anyway, at least for me, um, it holds up perfectly. Uh, it, it's a really great game. It really is, and I still think it's it's kind of funny because a lot of North Americans got into the series with Dragon Quest VIII. Everybody had a PlayStation Two. Dragon Quest VIII um, originally in North America, anyway, came with a demo of Final Fantasy XII. So a lot of people bought it just for that and ended up loving it. It's a phenomenal RPG. But it's funny because obviously this is a series that's always been Japanese-centric. But I find it funny that, and, and I kind of wonder what would have happened. What would have happened if Dragon Quest IX would have been a PS3 slash Xbox 360 game? You know, and and if Dragon Quest X would have been a PS3 slash Xbox 360 game, like I, I kind of wonder if the series would have continued to gain popularity in the West. Now, that's not to say that the DS for Dragon Quest IX was, you know, was a, another failure. Failure, no, not at all. But it's just the fact that Dragon Quest VIII was such a marked, you know difference compared to all the other Dragon Quest games at the time, and because it did introduce so many people to the series on the PS2, I've always wondered that, that what would have happened had 9 been just followed in um, 8's footsteps, would the series have caught on a little bit more in North America? And I, I tend to think that, yes, actually, I think it would have, um, because now, I, I don't want to say the damage is done, but with Dragon Quest XI hitting, you know, all these different platforms, which is fine, I, I think that's great. But it's been many years now since Dragon Quest VIII was released that, theoretically, Dragon Quest XI could, yet again, be someone's first time playing that particular series. So I don't know if I'm making any uh, sense or if I'm just rambling on and on, but I always have wondered about that. And anyways, so going back here, with Dragon Quest uh, VIII on the 3DS, I think it's it's brilliant. Hopefully, Stephen, you're back, I hope. Uh, I am, yeah. Is your internet any better? Yeah, I, Netflix was definitely on. Uh, do you hear me perfectly right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, better. Okay. You were cutting off before. Yeah, well, Netflix was definitely on. The thing is, I think this laptop that I got from Macandre is starting to act up now because even when I'm not on Skype with you and I'm trying to do some other stuff on it, like it's very, very hard to do basic stuff like just navigating the Google Chrome and stuff like that. So I really not a tech guy. So it's probably this laptop. So next 
next time we do this, I'll probably try it with uh, my girlfriend's laptop. I'll download Skype in there, see if it see if that works better because there's something up here. But I lost you as soon as I stopped talking. I lost you for a while. I heard some. I know you were talking about Resident Evil in January and. As soon as you saw that, that made me laugh because that's why you never enjoyed Resident Evil 4 because that was released in January. Yeah, too, there you go. The greatest games of all time. Uh, and then I, I believe you were talking about your Dragon Quest 8 impressions. Uh, well, sort of. Uh, Dragon Quest, I didn't really go in. I was talking more about... Um, like, I was talking a little bit about uh, uh, the fact that this year's New Year's resolution was that I didn't want to... Um, I didn't want to buy as many games, so that's one of the reasons why I canceled my uh, Resident Evil 7 pre-order, uh, because I was just, I want to play Dragon Quest 8, and I know that after Dragon Quest 8, there's going to be Zelda, there's going to be, you know, these other games, and it doesn't make sense for me to buy Resident Evil 7 now, when, when the hell am I going to play it? Um, yeah, but I, yeah. didn't, I didn't actually go into what I thought of the uh, of Dragon Quest 8, because I've been speaking non-stop. I wanted you to tell me your impressions first. Okay. So I, I think I heard you were 20 hours in. I'm only 8 hours in. Right now I'm a bit stuck because there's there's this wonderful new addition in this game where you need to take pictures of certain uh, objects or monsters or whatever it is. And it's really addicting. And right now I'm not sure if you're going to be able to help me here. I'm missing one and it's some kind of kid squid creature. And I believe that it must be close to the water but... I just haven't seen any beaches or any opportunity to find these creatures so far. And I kind of want to complete this uh, codex because I'm pretty sure I'm I'm near the next town, which from memory is probably the town where, the, where all the people are dressed in black or something like that with the the kingdom that's very, very saddened by the death of like the, the princess or something like that. I don't remember, but I think that's where I'm heading and I'm missing that. So I it's kind of been... Uh, halting my progress because I, I'm losing the motivation to continue right now just because of that but I, I, I know I'll, I'll get into it uh, soon enough and I'm having having fun however I'm wondering if my nostalgia of this game didn't play tricks on me because it's the game and it's I, I, it, it probably just me I don't think you have the same issue but it's, it feels a, a little bit less Epic, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm playing this on a small screen. I'm not sure if it's because they changed the voices of Jessica, which for some reason, and I'm pretty sure they changed they changed the voice of Dalmagus OC, but it also, but it might not be the case. But I I remember when I was playing this, and I was very young. I was probably 19 or 20 when this came out. 21 oh, maybe. You're just a child. I was just a child. I was still <laughs> in my diapers, and I was. <laughs> This game had such an impact on me, and it was the first Dragon Quest I really ever played for an extensive per period of time. The first Dragon Quest game I beat, I had a blast. Still one of my favorite reviews I ever wrote for the site. And I remember Dolmigas, every time he spoke, he stole the show back then, and I, I was glued to the screen. Also... I missed the North American menus, maybe. Maybe that's why. There's just, like, it seems like we're getting... We, we got the voice acting, we got all that stuff, but we also got... Didn't get everything that the North American improved on. So, I'm not sure if if it's just me here. Like, uh, maybe I'm crazy. Still, I'm only eight hours in. I'm going to invest a lot more time 
I did. Sorry, I have something in my chat. Yeah, I, did, <laughs> I hear I that. I did invest uh, 81 hours into Dragon Quest Seven, which, in my opinion, is a good game, but inferior to eight. So I'm, I have no doubt uh, I'm going to get addicted to this very quickly soon. And I'll let you talk while my, I go put my dog outside because he wants to go outside. I'll still hear you, so go ahead. Very All right. Um, yeah, so no, uh, first off, no, it isn't just you. Um, this was one of the things, like, I, I went through the Japanese uh, Dragon Quest Eight, okay? But it's not the same, right? Like, my brain uh, associates different games with the region that I play them in, okay? Um, so, for example, hold on a second, I'm picking up my cat. Ugh, sorry about that, folks. We are so professional, eh? We're both with the animals, but my cat is in a very lovey mood right now, which is, it doesn't happen very often, so I'm taking advantage of it. Um, but yeah, so, like, when I played through the Japanese version on my, um, my, um, what, new 3DS uh, that I picked up, um, I, I was just like, wow, this is good, you know, it's fun. But I didn't have the same impact that I'm having right now playing it in English. And the reason why is because in my brain here, I'm like, Dragon Quest VIII on the PS2 was an incredible experience. You guys really have no idea. I need to get my Japanese PS2 and bring it home here one day to do a uh, sort of a comparison. Most people would be shocked to learn of just how staggering the um, the differences are between the Japanese and the North American version of uh, Dragon Quest VIII. It really is. It's like almost an entirely new game in a lot of aspects. Not just menus, but like with the voice acting, with the orchestrated soundtrack, with the just... It, it was amazing. It was just an amazing experience. But playing through this one, the gameplay is great, still very addictive. I love the fact there's no random encounters. That's, that's you know, it's fantastic. But I have a couple of issues as well. For one thing, the voice acting as a whole isn't as good as on the PS2. Now, how do I know that? Well, I know that because I actually, if you watched... Um, the funny one I did, the to, like the the little advertisement sort of video I did, where I was saying, you know, be better in bed, play Dragon Quest Eight, or buy Dragon Quest Eight, or whatever it was. Uh, I I brought home my PS2 North American version of Dragon Quest Eight, and my PS3 plays PS2 games, so I tried it out, and sure enough, it's the quality. You're right, by the way. Dulmega sounds different. So does Jessica, and so does a few of the other characters. But it they might not be. And, and uh, let me explain. Part of this is when you played that game on your console, you either had surround sound or you just had the TV speakers. But I found the balancing was so much better on the PlayStation 2 version. Like voices were much clearer. I, I find on the on the 3DS that it's like the, I don't know if you know with sounds, but they have the music channel a little louder than they have the voice channel so that when the audio is coming out, I always find I have to turn up my volume just ever like just ever so slightly. And the overall quality of the voice acting, it, it seems that it's been artifacted just a bit too much. I think they, they had to uh, reduce the sample size or, or just something. Something is off because it sounds 
like Yangus. Yangus sounds so much better on the PlayStation 2 version than he does on the 3DS version, and it's really, really odd. Um, the other thing um, that you mentioned, uh, like the menus and stuff like that, yeah, this this is like all the other DS uh, and 3DS Dragon Quest games. It follows the exact same, you know, simplicity, um, basically. The menus are very, very simplistic, whereas in the North American one, they did a complete overhaul of all of the menus, which, yes, I'm missing those as well. Um, now, to answer your question, though, about the camera, do not uh, always assume that you have to, or you can, take all the pictures as soon as you get uh, to a certain location, because the answer is you cannot. Okay? Yeah. So don't hold on to progressing because you're missing one picture, because you may not even be able to get that picture until events happen a little bit later on. Okay. So for what you're... Quick, quick question, just before you move on. Yep. I, I remember texting you that I thought the game felt a bit less cinematic, and you played the PS2 version. I haven't since it came out. It, were there subtitles during the cutscenes, or was it like this one where it's text? Like taking half the screen. Almost. Oh crap! Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I I, I didn't even think of that. I'll, I'll go check. Okay. I'll go check because I I didn't even like you know I didn't even think of that. I just started the the thing. I, uh, I maybe maybe I'll have to play the game with headphones. Maybe that will help because you're right that the 3ds limited capabilities do hurt the sound a bit, and that probably affects the voice acting. Because I thought that Yangis voice and the king's voice i they didn't sound off to me even though they might be different i thought they did the character well but jessica i i don't know she like it's to the point right now where where, where i play the game on mute and i shouldn't like dragon quest has fantastic music and there's voice acting i should but i'm playing on mute because i don't care for the voices that much i'm not even invested in the story right now so again i'm only eight hours in this will probably change because I really like uh, Dragon Quest VIII. But uh, so far, I, I'm surprised. I, I thought I would enjoy this a lot more because it's portable. It's on the 3DS, which you all know how much I love the 3DS. But it, it's, it, for me, it's, it's, it feels, as of right now, like an inferior port. And it's surprising because I, from what I heard from uh, like many guys, and you are one of them, and Happy Console Gamer did a review of that game, and he said that the 3DS version is the best one, probably because of all the additions. But so far, I'm not feeling it. We'll see. We'll probably have like a review up and later discussions in future Fanboys episodes or Canadian Gamers. But so far, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm a bit let down and I don't know why. It's a strange feeling. Yeah, but you're, you're actually not alone, man. Like I said, I never played the North American 3DS one. The Japanese one, I thought, was a, a marked improvement over the um, Japanese version of the PS2 game. But in this case, in this case, I'm, I'm leaning more towards you as well. Like, um, like I, I, it holds up. I mean, it holds up tremendously well, but it's... There's just something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really, really interesting, like you said, to, to find out, um, to find out, you know, what our thoughts are uh, as we progress and whatnot. So anyways, okay. So for those that don't know, uh, today marks, I believe it's episode 22 of Nintendo Fanboys. My goodness, we are on a roll. Let me just 
quickly grab my calendar to make sure I didn't lie. Yeah, it is. How about that? And uh, today we wanted to focus on uh, some of the events that happened over the last, like I said, the last week, two weeks, whatever. Um, so I'm going to start off with some news. We do have a topic of the show. I hope you remember that you're doing the blast from the past. Yep. Um, we even have Amiibo news. So we actually got, uh, we have a full show for you guys today. Um, and we're going to start off with um, with a question that I actually got asked on uh, on the channel, which uh, people were, were writing in and saying, you know, that we both sounded overly negative, overly negative about the Switch. And, you know, like, it's clear that we are fans, but... Like, how can we be just such monsters and, and this and that about the Switch? And I think both of us have gone into quite, de- like, quite enough detail to, to let people know like, our, our, our why we think the way we think. And personally, I think it just all boils down to that there was so much potential and it feels like with just one showing, they dropped the ball like just so, so bad. Like, it was just like, wow... Um, but over the last, what, like a week or two weeks or whatever since we last uh, have spoken about this, I've been doing a lot of reading and contemplating different things, and I, I haven't changed my opinion. I still believe that uh, they really dropped the ball big time with this, and I still think that uh, they're rushing it to market. But um, one thing that that I have noticed is this seems to have a hell of a lot more goodwill going towards it, even with that that reveal that was pretty pretty bad or lackluster um, than the Wii U did. So I, I I think it's going to be a very interesting first, say six to twelve months after the uh, Switch is out. I think it's going to be really really interesting to see because I, I'll be honest, I was really surprised by. Um, the mixed reaction that I was reading on NeoGAF and, and other places um, from people that are just, they were like, well, it wasn't that bad. And that really, really surprised me because I thought everyone would be like the two of us and be like, yeah, that reveal was just just awful. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to, um, to, um, to follow this as we go on, which of course we're going to do. Uh, now, one one person did write in asking a question about the Switch Pro controller. And so I do have some news for this individual, which I forgot to write their name down. I apologize for that. Um, and I thought it was kind of weird, too, because like I said, uh, I was, I've been reading up on a lot of this stuff. And when someone wrote in asking about the Switch Pro controller, I was like, what's the, like, what's the issue? And they were telling me that you can't pre-order it. And I was like, what do you, well, yeah, okay, maybe it's sold out everywhere. But uh, interestingly enough, much like the Vita in North America, it just isn't available anywhere online. Um, it is now. So long story, uh, a little bit longer. The, uh, the controller apparently was having some FCC issues. Now, I think that's the federal, what is it, something? Communication controls, or I, I forget what the hell it's actually called. Anyways, it's uh, the body that basically, the governing body that checks out electronic devices to make sure that they're um, compliant. And apparently the controller was having some uh, some issues, and not, not in, in the negative, but I think it was just Nintendo didn't submit what it needed to submit um, to get in pre-orders uh, by a certain date. So anyways, the news is, if you go to Amazon or anywhere else, you can now pre-order the Switch Pro controller, which everyone and their mother 
is saying it's pretty much a must-have. It is ridiculously expensive, but it is the only controller you can get for the Switch that actually has a D-pad, which is rather surprising in the sense that Nintendo actually holds the patent to the cross D-pad, which many people don't know, by the way, but they do. That's why no one else has ever really copied the exact look of it, because they will get sued the living crap out of. So um, so that's it. If you were wondering if you wanted to get a Pro Controller, it's now available for pre-order, although by the time you guys are watching this, most likely it will be long sold out. So I'm pretty sure you don't have anything to add about that, right? I just find it hilarious that... With Nintendo's console, you actually have to pre-order controllers. Like, do you, did you ever rush in line to pre-order a DualShock 4 or whatever they call That's it? That's true. PS4 or whatever Xbox One controllers. Like, the Wii was the same. Like, you have six different controllers for the machine. It's like, man, it's it's getting out of control. That's very. That's a really, really excellent point. That, that very good, man. I, I didn't even think of that. That is a very good point that it's true. Like, uh, you never have to worry about those things with the others. They mass produce the living hell out of them. And there's only one basically variation. Yes, you'd have to pre-order if there's like, uh, you know, like the Halo, whatever, Master Chief controller type of thing. But no, you're right. You're very, very right. That's a really good point. So that's interesting. I'll be curious to see if anybody has anything to add to that, but that's a really interesting point. Okay, so the next bit of news um, is something I want Steven to talk about because he's our resident um, Pokemon fanatic, and I want him to go into details about all of this. I I did it yesterday myself, um, but basically the PokeBank is now, um, what, compatible, live? I don't know what you want to call it, for Pokemon um, Sun and Moon. And if you log in to the Pokemon, uh, well, PokeBank, um, before a certain date, which Stephen probably has this memorized or tattooed to him already, um, you get a, a special little reward. So I'm going to let go ahead and, and talk all about this because you're going to know about the Generation 1 stuff and everything else that I don't. Yeah, the reward you're talking about is a Z-Crystal for Mew's Psychic. So I don't know what it does because I don't have a Mew yet in uh, Sun and Moon. I didn't transfer my all my Pokemon yet from Omega, Ruby, Alpha, Sapphire, and all that. But that's the reward. It's a pretty cool reward and, and an incentive to get PokeBank and pay the $5 a year fee that it is. But the best feature about this right now is that you can transfer from red, blue, and yellow for, from the virtual console release. And this will ma- mark the first time ever that you're able to do that because if you don't know, from Generation 3 onward, you can actually get the Pokemon and trade it upwards all the way to Sun and Moon. But Generation 1 and 2 are always stuck in that generation. So right now, they actually unlock one of those. Of course, you can't get your original like Pokemon from the cartridges, but you can get them from the virtual console releases and that does bring some interesting changes because those Pokemon at the time did not have natures, they did not have uh, genders, they did not have abilities and they did not have the same set of IVs as they do now and they didn't even have a special special attack and special defense stat, they only had a special stat so all of this is not, we all thought what would be generated randomly, but it turns out there's some kind of uh, a formula that determines that. But basically, all Pokemon you transfer from first gen 
are guaranteed three perfect IVs. And that's amazing. That means that any of those Pokemon are almost practically battle ready for competitive use. Cool. Because uh, Pokemon you catch in the wild, most of the time, don't even have one perfect IV. And now they're guaranteed three. And they all have their hidden abilities, which is also another cool factor. So that's amazing. There are some... One issue that I have with this right now is that <coughs> Mechamp in Generation 1 has access to a move called Fisher, and Or Fisher, whatever it, it, it's pronounced. And that move is an automatic one-hit KO move. But it also only has a 40% chance of hitting. However, Machamp's hitting ability is no guard, which means that he any moves that he uses will never miss, and any move that his opponent uses against him will never miss. So this opens up a huge problem because now people have access to a no guard Machamp with Fisher. So a Machamp that has a one hit KO move that will hit 100% of the time, unless you're a flying type or a Pokemon with Levitate. So the thing is, I'm not actually sure if I haven't, I don't have a Machamp with Fisher in my uh, uh, red, blue, and yellow. I never really was interested in those one-hit moves, and I haven't attempted to transfer one. So maybe they did something specifically to prevent people from doing that, because I know that uh, the Mew that you got and I got that were glitch in the game cannot be transferred, in, uh, so you cannot get your... Uh, your uh, glitch Mew in Pokebank. Although, oh, that's sad. Although they already figured out a way to uh, to do it, but it's extremely complicated and, and it makes you basically like enter the matrix and stuff like that. It's crazy. Cool. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Pokemon speedruns, but it's funny because the people don't actually play the game. They just like modify the code left and right, and they do that not without any cheating device. They do that right in the game. It's hilarious. <laughs> so you have to do something like that to to trick the game into thinking that this is a legit Mew. But besides that, yeah, Pokebank was... Uh, I don't know what else to add. It's something uh, to look for if you are still playing Pokemon Sun and Moon as you now have access to a lot more Pokemon, and I'm going to go open the door for my dog because he's being annoying. Ah, oh, and you're being annoying because I wanted to ask you questions, and now I can't because you're gone. You're the worst. Because I'm kind of curious. Um, you, you mentioned that Mew can't be transferred, but that's okay because I have Mew from... Um, I got a, a code with Mew... Um, from well, one of the whatever from from the last uh, the last generation that they released on the 3DS there. So I I guess I could transfer that Mew, but I think that's a level 100 Mew or whatever it is. But anyway, whatever. That's not that's not the question. The question was if they if they blocked that, I'm going to go and out of my way and say that I'm assuming they blocked all of the other glitched Pokemon as well, right? Uh, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. Really? Like, what other glitch Pokemon you mean? Like, Well, you, you told me that there was... Um, I don't remember what it was called. It looked like a Tetris block. Yeah, the, the missing Yo, or yeah, M, yeah. That one, that one you cannot transfer because it's not technically a Pokemon. It's just some uh, lost code or some extra code in the game. 
And like there's a way to glitch every Pokemon in the game like using a similar method as Mew. I'm not sure if those will work. Because the the reason why I believe Mew doesn't work is is because it's every time you capture a Pokemon in the current games, I'm not sure if it does it in Red Blue Yellow, but there's some data that it, it will tell you where you meet him, where you caught him, and all that stuff. And since Mew is not catchable, right. the, game, the game will know that it's not a legit Mew since it's not supposed to be met in whatever area you caught him. So that's why right. I believe it. it it's not uh, transferable, so maybe it's the same same thing with any Pokemon that you uh, that you use the trick on. Okay, cool. Well, anyways, that still that was interesting. So um, outside that, um, I don't believe there's any other Pokemon news, is there? Uh, well, there's been a new Pokemon iOS game release. I don't remember the name. It, Great! I think it's Pokemon Duel. It's it's called, and it looks amazing. You should download it right away and let me know how it plays. Yeah, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll get right on that. Yeah, it sounds like a really boring uh, microtransaction game that I haven't even downloaded myself. Well, there is one other Pokemon thing I wanted to talk about that's not news, but I I watched a video. I don't know. um, There's an Australian mate. I really like his channel. Blunty is his name. And um, he he does a whole bunch of stuff. Like, he'll do tech reviews. He'll talk about some gaming stuff every now and then. And uh, he had an interesting video up saying that, you know, what happens if Pokemon... um, well, stars or eclipse, as you like to say, and I actually like that name better. Um, if that actually hits um, the switch, it, it's going to be interesting to see the, how the dynamic will change because of the you know the paywall that they're going to introduce for online multiplayer now, and just you know that will be quite interesting considering no one you've never had to pay um, to play online with each other since like you know pokemon started going online and and it, there's a really interesting discussion that i think you in particular um would enjoy you may not agree with what he has to say but i just wanted to mention that and for other pokemon fans out there that um it, it's it's a very interesting discussion he has all about that and i also wanted to let you know did you go and check out the um game facts that um cranberry posted for you uh, i i i checked it out briefly uh, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> because I know the last time I checked, there were two pages worth of comments, but I don't know if anybody is actually leaving friend codes and stuff. Yeah, no, I know. I I don't have a GameFAQs account, but I, I can always make it uh, work right there. It, it, the, I'm not sure though, Cranberry's, uh, is she big? Does she have a big following in the community? Because uh, I'm wondering if she's attracting like, our kind of community or she's just attracting like uh, Pokemon pro players and like I don't have a problem battling people it's just I don't know how entertaining of battles it will make for the channel so we'll see I honestly have no clue I have no idea I don't I know that she's she's very big in the Dragon Quest community but for Pokemon I have I have no idea okay I have no clue but anyway okay so, we're going to move on to um, the last bit of news, which is actually a lot of news, which was there was a uh, Fire Emblem Direct uh, a little while ago. 
and you watched it before me, and you were telling me some um, some of the news, and then I went and I uh, had dinner while I was watching it at, like, goodness, at, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Um, so what I did was I just put in bullet forms. I put um, all the different announcements that were made. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to say them in any order or anything like that, um, just because like I, I want to tie this into our Amiibo news. So I want to make sure I, you know, I'm going to leave the 3DS Fire Emblem to last. Okay. Okay. So first thing uh, that I wanted to mention was the biggest news of all, which is that Fire Emblem for Switch or Fire Emblem Switch or whatever you want to call it was announced, and boy, what an amazing announcement, man. I don't know about you, but I was floored. Uh, I was like, I'm going to... already pre-ordered it. What, what, what? You already pre-ordered it. Great. <laughs> Super. Um, so basically, they're like this. So Fire Emblem will be coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2018, marking the first time it has appeared on console since the Wii's Fire Emblem. And that was it. Like, they didn't show a title card, they didn't show they a screenshot. The they showed the logo, you liar. No, that was just a general logo of Fire Emblem. Still, they showed the logo, <laughs> and that's the logo we have right now for Fire Emblem Switch. Great, great. So, to me, I just laughed. I, I saw that and I laughed, because it's like, okay, yeah, 2018, okay, if you say so. Like, you don't even have, like anything to show at all so whatever um but it's cool that they're making one um the console ones have been really good they've been well they've all been good it's a really good series um also for the switch was fire emblem warriors which is like hyrule warriors dynasty warriors and all of those but with the fire emblem universe and characters um they showed a the same trailer that they showed at the uh, reveal event for the Switch except that this one was a little bit longer and it had some in-game footage and some more uh, CG stuff and and what have you but that wasn't the news actually the news and this I thought was very interesting was that the game is going to be available on the new 3DS as well so what do you think of that uh, I was I was really not surprised by that uh, it sounds like it's going to be the same scenario as Hyrule Warriors, which means that the, we'll get the Wii, U, uh, the Wii U version, in this case the Swiss version, and then we'll get a crappy, extremely crappy port on the 3DS, which is what you should expect with this one. It will probably barely run on the 3DS, but it'll be there because people are surprised, but the 3DS, Nintendo is not going to abandon the 3DS right now. And I think that Nintendo, even though they want, I mean, it doesn't really believe in the Switch, so they're, they're not about to let go of the 3DS when they have like over 60 million fan base on that one. But yeah, I wasn't surprised at all on this and it makes sense from a financial standpoint. I'm just, don't expect a quality port because Hyrule Warriors Legends is like one of the worst ports I've ever played. So there you go. Yeah, um, and this the, you brought up something very interesting about Nintendo's faith in the Switch and stuff like that. Um, I, I actually believe that we're currently going through, and I can't remember who said this. It might have been Colin. It might have been. Um, it might have been elsewhere. But someone. This is. This doesn't come from me. But I thought it was very, um, a very good point, which was the fact that when the DS was originally announced, um, which was right around the time with the PlayStation Portable, um, Nintendo was cautious with the platform. 
It really was. Because they were saying, you know, no, 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 Game Boy Advance, it's going to be, we're going to have three pillars and all this sort of stuff. Um, but the minute the three, uh, not 3DS, sorry, the minute the DS really started taking off, they just pretty much like abandoned the Game Boy Advance and that was the end of it. Um, and it, it is entirely possible that we're going to be witnessing something similar. And just for the same things you just said, I mean, the 3DS is like a tremendous success. It's it sold, uh, you know, tons and tons and tons of copies. That doesn't really make much sense to um, to just, you know, pick up and abandon that. Now, if the Wii, uh, excuse me, if the Switch does take off like in a really big way then yeah then you might see a transition and and that's that however what's interesting with this current strategy is that it gives them options because let's say switch doesn't do well then they can very easily come and say like oh well you know it's fine it's fine uh, here we go we have our our whatever our other platform and we're we're still good to go and i'm still i'm like with you steven i'm still not convinced that you will not see another the, the thing uh, about portable. this is that i don't like colin and everybody else uh, says that but i've been clear from the beginning even if you go back to the two nintendo fanboys ago that i think nintendo views this as a home console and Me too. Nintendo always had a home console and a portable console since the Game Boy in 89 or 88. Yeah, so 89. It's always yep. been the strategy, home console, portable console. Yep. And for like the last 15, 20 years, except for the Wii, their portable consoles have always been the clear winner. And I, I just don't see why they would abandon that. And like everybody thinks the Switch is the portable since is also is a portable since it's like you can bring it on the go, but it's it's not. It's it's a console that yeah, has an extra advantage that Nintendo might or might not take full advantage of. But like, I I I would be surprised if you don't get your successor to the 3DS in holiday 2018. Like, really, it's it's gonna happen. So for me, I don't see this comparison as a third pillar because the the, the Switch is their console. The 3DS is their portable. It's two systems. It's not. I don't know. I, I don't. I think it's it's surprising. It 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 shows you that like even Colin, like game journalism in has pretty much ridden off Nintendo for for a while now because they're not really relevant in the console market. So it, 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 it I don't know. It's surprising to me how people are surprised by that. But yeah, I think I think a lot of the. I mean, first off, um, even on the channel everybody was writing in saying like you're you guys are stupid uh like they're only going to have one platform and i think we both really um nailed this like in um when we said that you know all their press materials they've released they they they're not calling it the the switch it's the switch home console that's that's what they've been saying over and over and over and over and over again and i think the most obvious clue of Nintendo's intentions is simply the amount of software. Had they amalgamated everything into one like one console, you would have seen way more games in development, and we just haven't seen that. For me, the thing that I find interesting, and it's why I'm, I'm talking about all these different things like this third pillar strategy, is this does give them um, different options. So, for example, let's say they, they come out with their, their next 3DS, right? And Switch 
um, just totally bombs. Well, guess what they could do with this next 3DS? They could say, oh, by the way, um, this is our portable strategy, but it has an HDMI out that you guys can connect uh, to your TV sort of thing if, if that's something you're interested in. Like, it just it, it gives them options, but I'm with you. I, I really do believe, especially when we saw the reveal, that's what really did it for me, was that I don't believe that they're they're focusing on one platform. But what's going to be fascinating to see is how they're able to differentiate this because the public opinion right now is is really like you said, especially for journalists, is that well, it's sort of it, it's mainly a portable that can connect to a TV. But that's not at all what Nintendo's messaging is. Nintendo's messaging is that it's a home console first and foremost that you can just take with you. And now that's the exact opposite of what everyone else is saying. So I think it's going to be very, like I said, I think the next 6 to 12 months are going to be really interesting to see who's right, who's wrong, and, and exactly where, where Nintendo's going. But I will say this, next year is, is their deadline. Because already the 3DS, I mean, it's showing its age, and it's only natural. The machine is, it's an older piece of hardware now. So I think if we don't hear anything next year, then then we'll know for certain what's up. But I, I will be shocked if we don't hear about a follow-up to the 3DS. I, I agree with you, but in the meantime, November was the best-selling month ever for the 3DS, ever. I know, so I know. People that think <laughs> it's dead, like, clearly have not been following like i i keep coming back to colin for me 2ds is colin's achilles eel like he does he hates the thing and that's his that's his right but it's just a fantastic console in 2016 got us some tremendous games we got like just name on, on top of my head we got fire emblem to start off the year and we got the pokemon virtual console games and we got kirby this summer was a fantastic game then we got dragon quest 7 and we ended with pokemon like that's suppose if the system's dying like i don't know how how these games are are still coming out man like we got yeah I, quality games coming in i would never games. say it's dying personally i would never say it's dying i bought more games this year than i ever have before for the 3ds ever and now yes i know my life is changing in terms of i'm playing more and more portables lately but still um, for me, it's just that it is showing its age, which is normal. I mean, that's normal. I said the same thing about the um, the PS2 when it was still getting like a like God of War. You yeah, know, well, it, there's it, no question that the the hardware is outdated, of course, and it's, it's still like I, I say how good 2016 was, but it doesn't come holy candle to 2013. So there's there's some valid points both sides, but. 2017 still has some fantastic titles coming for the system, so I, I don't know. I I think we'll we'll have uh, still like that's what I'm thinking. 2018, we get our next machine, and that's what I'm hoping for right now. Well, yeah, me too, actually. Okay, so wrapping this up here because we've been going on all over the place as usual. So um, they did announce another Fire Emblem game. Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, which was kind of unique because it was originally announced at, on the Direct as basically going to be like uh, Super Mario Run was for iOS. It was going to be like just launching on Android first, but they then retracted that. So it's going to be available on iOS and Android um, devices as of February 2nd. And, um, well, you can go ahead. Talk a little bit about the game. Yeah, so it's launching next Thursday, I believe. 
and I'm actually looking forward to that. It looks like a pretty fun mobile game. Like it's basically Fire Emblem Lite. Like you can see the maps are ridicu- ridiculously small. There's probably not going to be much story, if any story at all. But it, it seems like a perfect game for mobile. I never play my 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 mobile phone. Never play games on it. But this is something that will definitely give a chance. Uh, it looks like you there's a lot of microtransactions, but it looks like you can play the game without using them. So I'll see if that's true or not. But I don't expect. I'll play a ton of hours into that, but maybe I'll have some shelf life. Maybe it'll, it, it will last longer than Mitomo and Pokemon Go did on my phone, which both games I really didn't play for uh, for more than a week. So we'll see. I, I really think this has a great potential. Again, it's not a series that's as popular as Pokemon and Mario, so I'm not sure if it will have a financial success. But as a Fire Emblem fan, it looks like something I'll have fun uh, with. Yeah, it's funny you say that, eh? I I reinstalled Mitomo because I wanted to uh I wanted to see, you know, if they changed anything like at all. And uh it's almost the exact same thing. I was like, "Wow." Like it it even repeated questions <laughs> on the first time. I I haven't, I haven't played that since gosh, like a long time. You that was one of the last hold on. For a, a while though. Was yeah, it was it, uh, uh Lisa? Is Lisa, Lisa and myself. Are they still in there? Lisa is, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's the only one. She's the last of the uh the Mohicans there. <laughs> So, um, but no, uh, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem, I, I'm with you. That looked very good. Um, I'm going to be curious to see, like, what do they do here? Is it free to play? I think it is, right? It's free to play and then the microtransactions? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, the only thing with microtransactions is, like, in this case, it's about um, essentially gaining up to a five-star character, and I have a feeling that it's going to be almost impossible for you to do that on your own like in order to get those type of heroes and all that sort of stuff uh you're gonna have no choice but to to go through the microtransaction it's very very common for those type of games i was playing a masters of the universe game uh this really silly little thing and it was just like that without you could basically get to a certain point and you'll have to play every day 20 hours forever uh, in order to actually progress beyond a certain point, or you just go and spend five bucks and unlock it like the next like stage. The problem is that doing that ends up costing you you know thousands of dollars. So I was like, okay, uninstall like for that game. But it's still, it's gonna be cool to to see. And we'll, since you're gonna play this one as well, it'll be fun to uh, you know compare our thoughts and see what uh, what we both think of it. Okay, and the last announcement, which was actually their first announcement, but it ties into our amiibo news, uh, is they announced Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valencia which is actually a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which was originally only released in Japan on the Famicom. And we even got a release date that's coming on uh, May 19th. It's going to be available at retail and digitally. And yet again, I'm going to let Steven talk a little bit about this because we both think this could be quite interesting. Yeah, I, I've never played uh, Fire Emblem Gaiden. I, I don't know much about it, although I have it. I... I didn't know it was a, it was a different than the other Fire Emblems in the sense that 
well, you, you can tell me maybe the remake is taking liberties, but in the sense that there's some dungeon crawling uh, elements to it, and then the battle takes place on a, a smaller grid. I don't know how it will work, but it looked really interesting. I cannot wait to play this. And the story look, looks fine, so I'm sure I'm going to have a, a blast with this. I'm not uh, sure what the game is, so maybe you can shine some light. Yeah, no, it's it's exactly what you just said. Um, the original Famicom release, I haven't played it in years and years and years, but it followed the same principle that Nintendo had for every single one of their um, their main series, with the exception of Mario. Uh, for those that don't know what the hell it is I'm talking about, there was like an unwritten rule where every time you made a sequel to a popular game, it was completely different than the original game that you made. Um, and this wasn't just uh, Nintendo that did this. And I said except Mario Brothers or Super Mario Brothers because in Japan, there is pretty much no difference between Super Mario Brothers 1 and Super Mario Brothers 2. Everyone always forgets that the Super Mario Brothers 2 that we got was not the same game as Super Mario Brothers 2 that they got, which we know as the Lost Levels. But other than that, pretty much the rule was like this. So we'll take The Legend of Zelda... You know, it has its uh, overhead view, you can move in, in four different directions, it has an overworld, and then some dungeons. Okay, great. Everyone loved it. Perfect. Let's make part two. Let's change everything. Uh, now we're going to add uh, side-scrolling elements. Uh, we're going to, you know, it just change everything, basically. Um, and this was done to Castlevania. This was done to um, just, just a wide assortment of NES games back in the day. And Fire Emblem was the exact same thing. So the first Fire Emblem was your traditional strategy RPG or tactical RPG. And when they released this one, it was a completely different game. Like, it plays completely differently than the... Um, well, completely different than the original game. So yeah, it's exactly as you, you described. It's, it's exactly like that. Obviously, it's been way overhauled. Um, it, it looks absolutely awesome. I can't wait. So yeah, it's like, uh, essentially, you'll go into areas, you'll explore, you'll see an enemy, touch the enemy or whatever, and then you'll get into grid-based combat that the Fire Emblem series is known for. And it looks great, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, same here. And so this ties us into our Amiibo news. And the news is uh, just really very, very minor, very brief. And it's that they did announce that there will be um, Fire Emblem Echoes uh, Amiibo characters, or uh, whatever, Amiibos, released um, on May 19th, actually. They've, they've, I wasn't sure if that was actually in the uh, direct, but it was in the press release saying that at launch there will be Amiibos uh, released to coincide with the release of Echoes. So that's pretty cool, no? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but uh, I, I haven't bought Amiibos in forever, but I can only imagine for those that have, if any of you guys listening um, have purchased every single Amiibo, could you do me a huge favor? Could you actually take a picture of your collection? Because I, I would be very interested to see how massive an area you would need now for all these different Amiibos because they have released a buttload of these things. And I'm actually, um, I'm actually not buying one, but I, I, I've got a, uh, a pre-order for uh, Yoshi uh, that my friend... I'm buying mine digitally, but I've got one for uh, my friend that uh, comes with this 
I forget what the hell it's called. Poochie, I think? Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny because I haven't bought an Amiibo in forever and my friend was all like giddy up over this thing. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. And when I went into the, um, I went down to an EB Games and they had like just a, a million, man, Amiibos everywhere as far as the eye could see, Amiibos. And I was just like, holy crap. So if anybody owns all of them, take a picture. I would really, really like to see just how, how much space these damn things take up. All right, so now, dun-dun-dun, we are right at the end. We have Steven's Blast from the Past, but before that, we have the topic of the show, and it could be a ridiculously long conversation, or it could be over in 10 minutes. And that is, we wanted to talk about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, something that's been irking both of us for, for the last little while is the fact that Nintendo is seemingly going out of their way to gimp the um, the Wii U version of the game, and and why why do you think that is, and and what am I talking about, and and what are your thoughts? Okay, so you're asking me the question. It was I wasn't yes. sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so if y'all remember when the Breath of the Wild was revealed. I, I don't think it had a name back then, but there was this uh, useful feature on the gamepad where you could see the map, where you could have a waypoint and stuff like that. And it, it might sound silly to some people, but things like that are extremely useful in a game of this uh, magnitude. And now that feature has disappeared. Because apparently Nintendo says that it's too distracting to uh, to do that, which why in the heck did they make the Wii U to begin with if it's too distracting? <laughs> but the real reason is there's two possibilities here. And the first one is maybe the game is too uh, too demanding for the for the system for uh, them to have to uh, stream that particular element to the gamepad. Maybe that's a possibility, and I'm leaning towards that a lot more these days because I'm hearing that both games uh, run at 30 frames per second and sometimes are a bit uh, less than that. And if that's the case, I wonder why Nintendo did not just say that. Because you have a powerful new, well, a more powerful hardware coming out, so you can now say that this game... Can, the Wii U cannot handle that. You can say that now. It's not a problem. Like, the Wii U is dead. You don't need to defend it anymore. But the other option is, and that's the one that I <laughs> I think is more realistic, is that Nintendo wants the Wii U version. They don't want people, when the reviews come out on March 3rd or March 2nd or whenever the unboggered it is, they don't want people telling uh, the readers that the Wii U version is superior because of that fact. I'm not saying that it will be superior because of that fact, but from a gameplay standpoint, like having a map available at all times on a second screen is huge for me. I've always loved that. That's why I love my two screens on my 3DS for Metroidvania games. I, I always prefer stuff like that. Like Axiom Verge, perfect example, much better than the Wii U because of the second screen. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Um, the 
like, look, okay, if it's the the taxing nature of it, fine, okay, but I don't, I don't buy it, and the reason I don't buy it is because before we had a name, and I'm pretty sure it was before we had a name of Breath of the Wild, um, you all remember that famous scene, just like what Stephen was going on, you know, where, um, how do you pronounce his name? I always screw him up. It's Miyamoto and I, I, something? <laughs> In an, I don't know. Okay, well, whatever. You know who I'm talking about. Basically, Miyamoto and the guy that's now responsible. I, I always forget. I don't want to butcher his name. I'm sorry. Um, but the two of them, and, and they were showing the size of the map, and they were, you know, all this sort of stuff. It means that it was an integral part of the game. And I don't buy it for a minute that, oh, it was too taxing. I think that's Nintendo fanboys um, basically trying to justify it not being there when the reality is it's what you said. To me, that's what it is. Because I just don't buy it. If it was a feature that was added, but it was the fact that the very first time we ever see this game... It's one of the things that they're showing us. And now, like, oh, no, 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 that's, you know, no, we can't. And Nintendo's official reason for this was, oh, well, you know, it's confusing looking at uh, two screens at once. Well, yeah, you're right. I guess that's why, like, the Wind Waker port, that was just awful. And uh, Twilight Princess, ugh, terrible. Like, you know, it, it worked just so bad having the map down there. And I guess uh, the DS and the 3DS... Yeah, those are terrible platforms as well. Like, that second screen is just useless. So really, I, that's what bothered me. It's like, look, guys, there's no way you can... Like, there's nothing you can say. I'm sorry. Because you can't even say it's taxing. You could lie about it. And, and I believe that lie a lot more than I would believe, like you just said. Like, the fact that, oh, yes, it's uh, it, it's this doesn't work as well, you know, it, it, it's, it's confusing for the gamer and all this BS, but, like, it's annoying, it, it really, really annoys me, because, like, let the Wii U have its final, you know, its final swan song, it's going to annoy me, it's really going to annoy me forever, my cat is playing with a bag here, I don't know if you can hear it, I hope not, um, it's going, to, it's going to annoy me for years and years and years to know that the Wii U ended its life with a Zelda game that could have been more than it was. That's, that's going to annoy the crap out of me, especially considering I'm playing the Wii U version, and to know that my, like, the gamepad is essentially useless, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's going to annoy me, and, and when I talk about that particular feature in the review, it's, it's well, like I say, it's going to annoy me. It's going to be very, very frustrating to be able to talk about the game and be like, well, I had to use the classic controller to play the game because why the hell am I going to use the gamepad? It literally serves no purpose at all. All it's going to do is what? It's going to, I'm going to have a screen in my hand, like, and this gargantuan controller for no reason? Like, it makes no sense. Why the hell am I going to play the game like that? It's like, uh, I'll only use the gamepad if I'm going to, um, if I'm going to play off screen, but that sucks. I mean, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker were both excellent. The ports were excellent. Did you ever play Twilight Princess, by the way? I uh, did not try the port, no. 
Oh, you should. It's it's good, man. It's a really good port, and it's frustrating. I mean, this is just really, really frustrating, and it's such a load of BS, only because they want more people to uh, jump onto the um, onto the Switch. But give me a break. Like, truly, give me a break. No one is going to go buy a Wii U, and I get it. You don't want the reviews to say, like, oh, the Wii U version, um, at least in terms of gameplay, because of the additional uh, screen, is actually a better game. You can set waypoints, you can do this, you can do that, you can, you know, like, whatever. Um, and they don't want that. They just want it to be, no, the Switch version is hands down the better one. It runs smoother, looks nicer. And since they both control exactly the same way, why would you buy the Wii U version? Just buy the uh, Switch version. It's it's like a thousand times better and we're good. And that's going to annoy me for years and years and years to come. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I, as a Wii U fan, like t- 2016 was really, really, really hard. Like, we had nothing in 2016. We had Pokemon Tournament, which started the year rather well, and then we had the Port of Twilight Princess, the third platform, the third consecutive platform it's on. And Star Fox Zero was, I'll I'll give you that, it was the best game ever. And then, then, (laughs) what am I missing? Nothing. No, nope, that's nothing. 2016 for Wii U fans. We were supposed to get Zelda. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. What about the uh, the RPG the there? Fire was that last yeah, year? The Fire Emblem crossover. You're right. That that was a decent game, but it's, uh, yeah. not really like uh, something uh, a system seller or anything. It's you won't buy the the system for that. But Zelda was the, like you said the swan song, and Nintendo were sabotaging sabotaging it on purpose because they don't want the game to look better than the Switch one, which I guess I can understand, but it's it still feels like a low blow, especially for me since I don't plan on getting a Switch right now because there's no reason to do that because I uh, the game I want is on the Wii U, so why spend $400 that I don't have when you can wait until Jared buys it for your birthday, so... Exactly. No, but speaking of birthdays, I don't want the Switch anymore. I want that damn Pikachu 3DS I sent you, and you were like, no way. Come on. You have, like, you're a millionaire right now, so buy me that. Uh, I'm a millionaire. That should be yep. my, my birthday present, you bastard. I have to look up when your birthday even is. It's always a month before you. That's how I remember yours. I don't remember your, your date. I know the month, and mine is a month before you, so... Oh, really? So, oh, you have lots of time? Yeah. You don't want that 3DS. Come on, Why? that's lame. Why? It's amazing. Because you're such a big loser. I'll buy you something you'll never use. I'll buy you, like, a special edition Wii U. <laughs> Speaking of Wii U's, I have a thought. Like, you usually do that. I don't know if you still do. You always buy a console that you already own before uh, as a spare one, in case the second one broke breaks. The first one breaks, I read. And... The Wii U have not gone down in price, unfortunately, and I think Nintendo has yeah. stopped making them. But it would be a smart thing to do because the game, those game pads, will not like they're they will not work eventually, and you 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 basically need them to play the, the system. And it's not like you'll be able. To, they're not like regular controllers; they were never sold separately. So, I wonder when it will be a smart thing to invest into a second Wii U. Because my son has already started dropping my gamepad. Like, he he does it like five times a day. He has a schedule that he needs to pick it up and drop it like, <laughs> at, at 
at noon and at two and at three. He needs to do that five times a day now. So that game pad's not going to be working in ten years when obviously I'll want to play the Wii U for some reason. So I'm wondering <laughs> if at some point you, you ever see like those things go going on sale for like ninety nine ninety nine. That's a, just a thought I just had. Well, okay. So um, first off, a little bit of backstory for everybody. Um, with the introduction of the the um, what do you call that the the remodeled uh, systems, I started that many 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 moons ago. Like I own uh, the remodeled NES, and I bought the remodeled NES because I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I don't know, my NES like might explode one day, and it would be cool to have. Um, little did I know at that particular point in time when I originally picked it up. Um, all the benefits that would come with that NES. That's actually like the ultimate NES, but it doesn't have, um, they really gimped the, uh, the North American version by uh, removing the uh, composite out. So it only has RF and that really sucks. Okay. Like really sucks, but whatever the case may be. The idea was I was, I was thinking of like the future. So what, when that really started though, when it really truly started, was with the Sega CD. With the introduction of CD-based uh, consoles, they I knew that they were just never going to last because they had moving parts. And I was like, well, what if I wanted to play, you know, like in the future? And so far, almost, not all, but almost every single platform that I purchased, that, that second one, um, today, without the second one, I would not be able to go back and do retro reviews for anything. A uh, good case in point would be my original PlayStation. It no longer works. So my PS1, that slim one there, it works. My PlayStation 2 no longer works. It will read PS2 games that are on DVD, but it will not read PS1, nor will it read PS2 games that were on CD. But my slim PS2 works just fine. My PlayStation 3 is one currently um, I'm still looking like PS3 is like 300 bucks, man. Like you cannot find them for, for like, I think the cheapest I've seen is about 250 and that sucks. Like that really sucks. So with the, I did not do it though for the, um, the Xbox 360 because I got one at E3, so I didn't need to do that. Um, Xbox, the original Xbox, I never bothered. Like, I never bothered. I still have my giant one, and I think that thing, because it was built like a PC, I think that'll last long enough. I, I'm not too, too worried about that one. Um, but yeah, you're right. With the Wii U, I have a feeling that uh, if, if you are thinking of doing that, um, the wisest thing to do would be, let's see, Switch gets released in March, so probably around June, is when everyone will be just like, you know, trying to get rid of whatever they have in the uh, warehouses and stuff like that. But I don't see them ever going below. Yeah, like, it, what are they right the now? Is, like, I don't think people or stores have a tremendous amount of inventory because Nintendo have stopped making these ages ago and stores have stopped ordering these ages ago too. So, like, I don't think, like, uh, most stores have any left. So That's a good point. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point, man. Like, well, what is it on Amazon today? Uh, I don't know. Probably two fifty, three hundred bucks for the Mar let's Mario see. Kart Eight one. Here, let's see. Um, Wii U 
system. Can you even buy it? Okay, perfect. Great. You can't even buy it. Um, so, yeah, they go for about 500 bucks. Perfect. Yeah, good stuff. Let me go to Best Buy, but I think this is going to be Vita all over again. Vita is another one. Uh, I didn't buy the remodeled Vita, and the Vita now is impossible to find in North America. It's, it's, she's gone. Like, it's gone in Canada, not North America. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to, do, to find in the States, but I wanted one of those too, just in case, you know? Um, but she's gone, and I'm not paying $300 for a Vita. That's crazy. But well, you can always buy the Japanese one since they're... Yeah, that's exactly. That's the good, the good thing with that. Okay, so here we go. Um, at Best Buy, yeah, she's gone, man. It's gone everywhere. The retail price was 330 bucks. So there you go. So, I guess I'll have to put my gamepad in like some kind of protective case or something. Because with the second kid on the way, there's no way that thing will survive. No, you're doomed. Yeah, wow. Uh, I'm just going to go to eBay quick, quick. And uh, and then, yeah, that's it. But I think... Uh, and I'm telling you, I have a feeling that in the future, this is going to be Dreamcast all over again. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive of it. That it's going to be extremely uh, sought after. People are going to be like, oh, I want this, I want that, I want the other thing. <laughs> okay, man. So, yeah, it's it's hundreds and hundreds, man. On eBay right now, Canadian, 330 That's the cheapest one. Perfect. Wow. That sucks. Okay, dude, so blast from the past time. Impress me. I will. I'm going to talk about a game that... I used to play as a kid with my sister and my aunt a lot on the Super Nintendo, and it's made by Capcom. So I'm going to give you a few clues here. It's not made by Capcom. It's published by Capcom. Okay, wait, wait. Let me go to Google. It's a Super <laughs> Nintendo game. Want to impress everyone here? Okay, so... Capcom list. So there's no... Let's see what we so got. cheating, you bastard. All right. Well, I got to pretend to be smart. All right, so it's... Uh, it's a puzzle game. It's a puzzle shooter game that can play, be played co-op. And there's two modes that I remember. And I'm doing all this by memory. So I'm probably telling you all bullshit right now. And, yeah, most and likely. I remember that there was like this kind of like this endless mode, which w you would need to shoot like big bubbles and stuff like that forever. And it would keep getting harder, harder and harder. And you could change uh, guns depending on how your score would do. They would give you power ups and stuff. And then there was kind of like an adventure mode, which what, what the hell are you talking had, about? Like, different, uh, different stages and whatnot. And it was all playable with a friend. So co-op. So it was really fun. And that game is super buster brothers. Do you know that game? I don't even know if I know this. Yeah, I don't think many people know that game, but I it could be a crap game. It could be like if you look at Metacritic, it, it could have like really crappy reviews because I've looked games that as a kid I thought was amazing. Like one of those games was like Bugs Bunny's Birthday Blowout and it was actually featured on an episode of Angry Video Game Nerd. As a kid, I loved that game. Me and my sister was were, were able to beat that game, and we had fun with that game, but apparently it's a crappy game. I don't think Super Buster Brothers is the same case, because I, that was an amazing game as a child. So Wow. I don't know if it... I don't even know this, man. I don't know if it holds up, but we had such a blast playing that. It's basically, like I said, you, it's, you have a gun, and you look up 
So I don't know how to describe that as a shooter that would be not side, but it would play like an horizontal shooter, I guess. But you control a guy with a with a gun and you shoot bubbles and if the bubbles hit you you die and there's different guns with different spread i remember there's one that's kind of like a hook shot that would go straight up but if you missed the ball it would be stuck in the in the wall and you wouldn't be able to shoot for a small period of time so it was it was really uh you really needed not to screw up because you would be dead especially in the later stages so it might be a wor- uh, worthwhile to check this game on YouTube. It's probably on YouTube somewhere because I remember that it was a fantastic game and that's why I chose this game as my blast from the past. That's glorious. I honestly never... I, I'm on YouTube right now and um, I've never seen this before. It looks fun, right? Yeah, and it, Canada's even featured. Of course. One of the stages is good old Canuck Tuck. Yeah, and I think there's penguins and stuff during that stage, if I remember right. And I oh, I, I have no idea. Don't. I just saw it in the credits. <laughs> wow. All right, cool. Very, very cool. So with that, we are done. Our glorious podcast. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. So remember what you guys got to do. Someone needs to find me a picture of... All of the amiibos that have been rela- released uh, as of now, and then you guys got to find Stephen a brand new Wii U for a hundred bucks. That's that uh, reasonable. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I think so. All right, guys. So that's pretty much it. So uh, we'll be back in two weeks, and uh, let's see what would be two weeks from now. Let's see. Ooh, we're um, we well. I I pretty much probably gonna be done with um, Dragon Quest by that time. So we'll see how our, our impressions change or don't change or whatever. Alrighty, guys. So uh, say the goodbye chant. Goodbye, everyone.